Hello and welcome to the Wood Floor Podcast, a podcast for flooring professionals, contractors, retailers, and anyone that's connected to the flooring industry. We deep dive into the lives of flooring professionals, new and old, contractors, meeting the big boss, and also experiences we found that may be valuable to you as a listener. On this week's show, we have Ben Wilkinson from BW Bespoke Flooring. Ben's only been in business a few months, but from where he started to where he is now, his story is incredible. If you enjoy the show, please don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. So could you first tell us who is Ben Wilkinson? Hello, Tom. Um, Thanks for having me on. Um, I found this the hardest question, I'll be honest with you. Obviously, I'm 21 years old, so I'm still trying to figure out who who I am and who I want to be. But if I had to summarise who I am in in a short story, I'd, yeah, I'd say I'm a 21 year old from West Sussex. Uh, yeah, I was brought up in a house with with my dad being in the army, so obviously I was um, let's just say raised very differently than the other kids. Obviously, my dad was a sergeant major in the army, so. My, my parents was quite strict with me, so I didn't have you know the childhood that everyone else had. When I when I come when I wanted to go play with my friends after school, it was more of a case of come home first, empty your bag, so and then then you can go out. And by that point, all my friends had already gone home. So so my upbringing was quite strict. So I think that's obviously why a lot of discipline uh, in my business sort of comes from that. Um, which I am thankful now, obviously, as a child. You were It's not, <laughs> I wasn't thankful as a child. I hated it. I used to want my parents to be um, a bit more like everyone else, a bit more chilled out and a bit cooler. So that was, you know, that was definitely, um, yeah, very challenging as a child to deal, to deal with. Not really a father, more of a soldier, if that makes sense. So that was, that was, that was quite hard as, as a child. Um did that involve well, moving around a bit, or did you stay in one one place? I know um, sometimes when you're in forces, you have to move from different places. So, so my dad had really just retired whilst I was probably about three years old. So my dad's fifty-seven now. I think he'd be annoyed if I didn't know that. Um, so he, he's he's a bit older than you know most parents, that most of my friends' parents, let's just say. Yeah. Um, but no. So I lived with my dad majority of my whole life until I was about eight years old and um, unfortunately him and my mum split up because well he was he was hard work Um, he you know obviously like most of most people from the army they like to drink a lot and unfortunately my dad was a bit of a gambler as well so even though he earned good money uh, he sort of spent it all as well and then obviously like most people that drink and gamble they get very frustrated very easily and so unfortunately we had to leave my dad and then I didn't end up speaking to my dad probably until about three years ago. We recently got back into contact with my dad. Um, Obviously, now I'd grown up a bit more. I sort of understood sort of his frustrations in life. He went through quite a lot. Obviously, he did uh, the Falklands. He did Ireland um, at, at a very young age. So for him, you know, Okay, the older I've got, the more I can understand the way he is. So that that was definitely a challenging part of my life. But obviously, from having such a strict childhood to then leaving my dad, I'd say 
in my school years, I, I sort of where I was a bit more free, I definitely became um, a bit of a troublemaker. Let's just say that. Let's <laughs> say. So, yeah, I did find myself getting into a lot of trouble in my teenage years. Uh, I know all boys say this, but I generally was quite quite a handful. Um, and I ended up leaving school. Uh, well, I went to three, three schools in the end. Yeah. Um, I got kicked out of every single one of them. Uh, for being destructive, well, destructive. Um, I, yeah, unfortunately, they didn't want me there anymore. So I was uh, forced to leave school at 14. Um, it's probably going down a bit of a dark road at that point. You know, everyone sort of makes out, you know, your GCSEs and everything like that is, you know, a, a massive deal. And, you know, for some people they are, and for some people they're not. Um, obviously, at that point when I got kicked out of school, I did start to doubt myself about where I was going to go and who, I, you know, who I was going to become. Uh, it's quite a challenging time uh, being a teenager, I'd say, uh, especially moving around a lot and things like that. So you, you do, you do sort of struggle, I think, in your teenage years to work out who you really are. Um, so after I'd left school, I remember the first summer holidays. Um, my mum had actually sent me to um, my uncle's on a building site uh, as, as pretty much a punishment, really. Uh, <laughs> but basically, like I said, I was a bit of a handful when I decided to spend um, quite quite a lot of money on my mum's card on a video game. Um, I think I, I racked it up to about £1,500 on my mum's card. Wow. Um, so my punishment was to not be with any of my friends for, well, I think six or eight weeks. Um, and I had to work every day with my uncle. Uh, that was that was yeah, that was definitely challenging. Uh, you're not you're not the that... only one. My uh, my nine year old did that to us last year, but it was only around three hundred quid, and yeah, he, he, yeah. he uh, ended up in our warehouse and cleaning cars and everything. So yeah, you have, you, you, yeah, yeah, you, you have to. It's very it's very easily done. I think when when you're at that age, you sort of. You don't appreciate money. You, you you don't work, so you don't understand the struggles yeah. of life. You you don't at all. You don't realise. You know, oh, my mum was a single mum, and when I look back at it now, you know she she she's done well. You yeah. know, putting food on the plate, paying for all the bills and everything. So when you get older, you you definitely do realise that you know the struggle you put your parents through, and obviously, you know, spending money on my mum's card. I think that was definitely wrong. So. Being, yeah, when I got sent up up to to London to go with my with my uncle, who who's actually a really good property developer, um, yeah. he he, my mum obviously had a word with him, and his job was to sort of sort me out. Right. Um. So I, I went up there. Uh, I was yeah, like I said, about fourteen or fifteen. I worked six days a week, fifty pound a day, yeah. nine hours a day. Um. Do, doing like some of the worst jobs you could think of, ripping out insulation, old insulation, putting it all in the skip, and just generally bumping hundreds of concrete blocks for all the bricklayers, tidying up everything, scraping the floor, like as for, scraping the plaster off the floors, even at some point just digging um, a square, a cubic meter hole for uh, <laughs> for what I was, a, I think it would be like a pad or something like that, or yeah. A, a, yeah. And just get yeah, just essentially just getting put with a with a shovel, 
and just digging a, a cubic meter, which I don't know if anyone has actually tried that, but it's it's, it's hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Great. yeah. So, so for yeah, so like I said, I spent you know I had no friends up there, so it's quite it was definitely a punishment. But I think from that point, really, really made me really made me as 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 a young man. I think from then I decided that you know I value money a lot more. So obviously I worked every day. And then when I come back, every single penny of that money just was gone. So pretty much did all my hard work, hard work for nothing. And then to find out last year, my mum actually got all the money back from the bank account, but she still kept the money from me. So <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, it's it's fair enough. So yeah, so I say that's sort of who I am and where I came from. Yeah, um, we didn't we didn't have a lot as children, but we was definitely taught, you know, hard work is everything. Um, but a lot of people say, you know, my parents inspired me and things like this. But I think for me, it was the other way around. I sort of looked at, you know, my mum and my dad, and I, I, I knew who I didn't want to be. As horrible as that sounds, yeah. I, and I think sometimes that goes a long way. So, yeah, for me, my upbringing was definitely the reason I've got the self-discipline I do, and uh, I definitely grew up a lot quicker than. Your, your average teenagers. By the time I was 17, I, I started renting my own house out, um, paying for all the bills. Um, you know, a lot of my friends at the time, they, they didn't even know what council tax was and none of them drove. You know, if you, you talk to them about anything sort of, you know, to do with house prices and the bills and the water and, you know, water supply, TV license at 17 years old, kids just unfortunately aren't educated about this sort of thing. No. Um, my I couldn't live with my dad because he, he's hard work, like I said. Um, and my mum recently, um, got in. Well, she got um engaged to someone who lives a bit further away. Uh, my sister was a lot older than me, so she parted ways with her boyfriend, and I didn't. I didn't want to move away. Yeah. At seventeen, you know, you sort of establish who your you, your good friends are. So, I yeah, I I didn't want to move away, so I decided to uh, rent my own house out. And then start from there, I just started to appreciate money, you know, go to work six days a week. I had to really to pay the bills. Uh, and I knew that I was going to struggle for the next few years if I didn't sort my life out and really dedicate my life into sort of practicing that art. And for me, that that became hardwood flooring. Um, I became very obsessed with it very quickly over a short period of time. Um, obviously, Bespoke wood flooring has only been going for ten weeks now, so it's not long. Oh. I'm very, I'm very new. Yeah, yeah. I'm very, very new um, in this so, industry. I... So how how did you first get into flooring, and and why set up on your own so quick as such? And well, not so as, as quick, but um, yeah. So first of all, how how did that come about from building site to flooring to owning your own business? How do we get there? The inspiration was definitely that that summer holiday that I spoke about earlier. A hundred percent. I I saw you know my uncle put a lot of hard work in as 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 a young man, and I saw that paid off. Um, I I suppose when 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 I left school early as well, I went to college. Uh, I was I started college one year before. Um, all of the other pupils, um, obviously, because I was naughty, I had to go somewhere. So they sent me to college a year early. 
Um, so essentially, I was one year ahead of my friend. So when I was doing carpentry at college, um, I started an apprenticeship for a carpentry company, um, a brilliant company. Uh, the work they do is is phenomenal. Um, you know, being 15 years old and watching these these massive, massive carpentry company uh, just build these like phenomenal houses for for millionaires. That's yeah. when I knew the building was for me. I just I've always had this creative mindset where I could just always see the end finish. Um, so with that carpentry company, I did my apprenticeship for two years and I, I completed my college course. Unfortunately, during COVID, um, which was I believe March the first lockdown started, um, the company, like a lot of people, we people didn't really know what was actually going to go on. Um, so that carpentry company actually decided that they didn't have any more work for me um, at that current point in time. Um, they they was a bit worried about how everything was going to go with COVID. Um, so unfortunately, I, I I pretty much got laid off of work. Um, so like I said, I had my own house, I had bills to pay. Um, I didn't really have too much savings, as as a lot of people probably know. You know, you work you work a lot a lot of time in the month and you don't really get a lot at the end of it unfortunately that's the world we live in so I needed a, I needed a new job so I reached out to um, a hardwood flooring specialist that worked near me I've been following him on Instagram um, he had seen him a few times on, on a few building sites and he, he was a lovely guy he, yeah he's a brilliant guy um, so I reached out to him I messaged him and I asked him if he had any work and he he said he already had problems with essentially apprentices not turning up and he said he couldn't he wasn't sure about whether he wanted to take an apprentice on or whether he would just employ someone who were, who was already experienced but I, I again I was in a situation where I was I was determined to make this work so I, I said to him I, I you know let me come in I will show you what I can do I'll work my hardest um, and because I, I wasn't, I didn't ask him, you know, how much money am I going to get paid at the end of the week? When am I going to get paid or anything like this? I was just, I wanted to work for him. I liked what he did. I was interested. Um, obviously I had basic carpentry skills anyway. So that goes quite a long way when you're, when you're trying to teach someone, if they have a basic idea of, of what they're doing, it makes, it makes it a lot easier than someone who's completely clueless. So. I started off with him. It was just me and him. He'd only just started. He um he'd just come he'd come a long way in his life. He was um getting over a bad period in his life and he became obsessed with making this business work. Uh he took me under his wing. Um yeah, we we became really good friends. You know, I saw him as a bit of a father figure really. Um when I was living on my on my own. He you know, he really helped me out with favours and things like this and and really taught me everything I know. Everything I everything I am now is is because of him. He he is the reason um, this this is all happening. Uh, I I remember just working with him with that one on one at my old carpentry company. Uh, it was very much the boss cracked the whip. No one could really teach me a lot because they they were so worried about not getting enough done themselves that they'll get in trouble. So that that carpentry company essentially, I felt didn't really take their time and invest into me. I was more of a labourer, and that that was also another reason why I decided to never go back to that company in the end as well. 
so when when I joined um with with this other flooring company and he gave all his time and attention to me brought me tools you know just small things like buying me lunch in the morning I was always grateful for that you know I, he knew I was he was skin I, I didn't have I didn't have you know a lot of money it, it was you know it was hard trying to buy tools at the end of the month you know I'd spend my last you know if I had 300 pound at the end of the month I'd, I'd try and buy at least a couple of hand tools and he he knew that and he felt I think he felt sorry for me. So for about a year and a half, um, me and him worked every day, just me and him. Um, I've I become obsessed with, with flooring very, very, very quickly. I was, I took, I took to it very quickly. And I'm sure if you, if you spoke to him, he would say the same. Uh, he, yeah, he, yeah, I definitely, I definitely put the, um, the hard work in to get to where I am. Um, I, yeah, I was very. I just yes, I can't really find the word for it. I was just when I started doing it, just seeing seeing these jobs when you see like a screed on the floor or you know just an old wooden floor when you're like restorating them, that there's just a feeling of just such achievement when you when you finish your job. And people always say to me, tied tidying up is the worst part of 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 our job, but I think it's the best. Honestly, there's nothing better than finishing a job cleaning it all down taking all your tools out and just just looking at what hard work does yeah but for me that that is the best part about my job is is finishing it knowing i've done the best job i possibly can and and just looking at, at what i've done and just leaving the job happy knowing i've done a brilliant job and that is something who i used to work for he that was his favorite part as well and you could really tell and his his passion really is what what gave me mine. I think watching him get so excited about things and growing the business. I mean, the business when when it was just me and him, it, he had only just started. He just left his previous company. So yeah. I watched this company grow from from what I'd say is nothing apart from his reputation to now, which is probably I'd say is probably one of the best flooring companies around uh, locally. He, yeah, he's 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 a brilliant bloke. Yeah, he he's a brilliant bloke. So that that is really how how I got into it, and that brilliant was how story. I was inspired. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I'll just yeah, I'll big thank you to him. Um, yeah, he yeah he he was a good person in my life, and he's definitely the reason I'm well driven now. Um, just just it's nice to have that one person to take their time with you and. And I understand what you're going through, especially as, as a man. You know, obviously, a lot of people talk about mental health for like boys now or men as well. Yeah. And you know, living on your own at a young age, you know, I did. I did feel it was quite tough. So it's quite nice to have um, that that sort of father figure in my life. Now you've gone completely on your own, your own company, uh, your own branding, completely your heads above the door. What what are you finding the challenges to get to get going in business compared to when you were working with you know with, with yeah. in, in a in a company? Oh yeah, obviously working for someone else. It I it I don't want to sound arrogant. It is definitely easy. You know, you turn up in the morning. You don't know. You don't have to know what's going on. You don't have to reply to emails. You you don't have to talk to customers. You know, essentially. I could do 
five hours of solid work in one day uh, uh, and then not, and sort of lay off for three hours. And then the next day I could have a really good day. And you, you earn the same money. So there is no incentive there, is, it, is, is there really? You know, you, you sort of turn up and I just find that working on a day rate for me, I was getting to a point where I, I felt like I was becoming lazy. Yeah. Um, so the, so that that's why I did decide to go out on my own, really, is I did want to challenge myself. I knew that I could, I understand that the the quality of the flooring I, could, I can install, you, you're not going to get much better anywhere else. So that was the basics. So once I felt like I had completed that, I wanted to challenge myself. Yeah. So the challenges that I've found, really, that, that have that have well what I found really hard is it's it's definitely when you when you first start is where are you going to get the work this is something that everyone thinks and this is a lot of the reason why a lot of people don't take this big jump yeah but if you so really you do have to at first understand that it might not go smoothly really I mean my first week or two I was sort of subbing here and there for a few people. But, but if you find this drive inside of you where you know that you have to find work, if you've set, got bills to pay and you've left and you've made this jump, you have to find work. You have to. You have no other choice. So you you get a fire in your belly and you you definitely go out and you try everything. So for me, I was, I was pushing the Instagram. I was messaging builders i was handing out business cards i was i was doing everything i possibly could i was getting up at 5 30 in the morning i was looking at you know potentially building site like my builder and check trade but i decided to be honest with you that I, that's not the sort of work i want to get into them sort of um outfits really i find yeah. that I did, yeah. I did go from them and you have people sort of messaging you for two square meters in a um in an undergrowth covered of of a laminate which yeah which which i'm really not interested in i I will only i want to do the higher end um of the hardwood flooring so the challenge is is definitely finding the work um but once you've got that ball rolling it it does it does get easier you know taking that first jump is the biggest is the biggest challenge a hundred percent and I, I could not tell recommend people to do it anymore really if you find that you you know you've got the basics of your job and you know working for someone else you, you're sort of capped at what you can earn take that jump if you've got the time and if, if you want if you if you want to do it and just go for it I just I think a lot of people don't have the confidence and that's something I've been taught my whole life is to have confidence and own what you can do I, I know that if I go to a job I'm going to do the best job I possibly can so I don't need to worry about the quality of the work. I know it's there. So the challenge for me, obviously at, at 21 years old, was getting people to have trust in me, really. So if I turn up to a job through a recommendation or through um, social media or any form of marketing, I would turn up to the job. Um, un unfortunately, I do have a bit of a baby face as well. So I would turn up to the job and then... Um, People would ask me straight away, "Where's you know, where's your boss?" And I'll yeah. say, oh, "I am the boss." And then they go, "Oh, how old are you? You're a bit young, aren't you?" So that that's a massive challenge for me. Yeah. Is trying to 
present myself in a way where I know I'm confident enough to to give these people the floor that they want. Yeah. It's without being able to physically do anything. So it's it's my words are the reason um, that, that, that they have to have trust in me, if that makes sense. So I have to really sell myself. And I found that is that is very ch- challenging when someone's sort of got this stigma against you about your age and how you're not experienced enough. Yeah. Um, I've only been um, doing hardwood flooring for two years. Um, but in my honest opinion, I, I'd say when you become obsessed and you're so passionate about something, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, having having that confidence and reassuring people that you are confident and you are passionate, that is what sells jobs. I, yeah. I know guys that have been doing this for 30 years and, you know, they, they don't like their job. They turn up in the morning, you know, okay, they've got 30 years experience, but it, if you don't, if you're not enjoying work or you're not passionate about work, you, you don't have that, that finish, do you? You don't, it's, you don't have that desire to want to do the best job you know you can or or after the job you don't feel what could I have done better and this is something I have every job I'm always wondering how I can do a better job how how you know I speak to customers what what do you think I could have done better I'm always trying to improve every day um so that that's a big challenge is getting over my age but by the end of the job I mean the reviews I get the the tips I get as well I think a lot of people doubt me especially so obviously it, I feel like that gives me the hunger to want to do a better job when I can tell people aren't sure that 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 is what really drives me to do well so getting over that is is definitely a challenge uh, another challenge I would say is is finding labor yeah um, some some jobs um you know, I, I I've done 120 square meter heron jobs on my own, and it, so that's from taking the delivery in the morning. So that's you know, it's a lot of packs you have to bump into a building site on your own. Yeah. Obviously, the driver can't, doesn't want to do it because apparently it's um apparently it's um it's not compulsory for him to do that. So I have to you know obviously bump a lot of packs into a building site. Uh, from there, I have to do everything as in preparing the floor. Uh, setting out the crown line for herringbone, um, gl- from gluing up to fitting the floor in, to marking up lines, to 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 everything, to tidying up every night, tools in and out the van every night if that's what the customer wants. It it is, it's very hard to do this on your own. But again, like I said, I'm I'm well driven, and I've just for you know I've been going for ten weeks now, and every week I'm learning more and more and I'm just more and more driven. So the hard, I, I don't see it as hard work. I, I want to make this business work and I, and I think I will. So it, it's almost like it, it's, I would say it's almost fun for me. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I, I, I'm loving trying to make this business work every morning. I'm waking up and I just, I, I just, I am, I'm a better person than I was yesterday. My business is growing every day. Um, so yeah i really need to find someone who's got that same drive as me yeah it's hard but there is someone out there there's always someone out there it's just trying to find them so labor is definitely a challenge um what was the first job you won as a supply and fit um uh well you know just describe the job 
for myself. The yeah. first job I won for a supplying fit, it was actually for my friend's mum. So, which was, you know, it, I feel like that's sort of how it always starts is, oh, um, you know, my friend can do this. I'll give him a call. And and so then I went round there. Obviously, I, I've been friends with him for years. So it, I was quite comfortable in going round. Yeah. Um, I decided, so I spoke to her and she wasn't sure what samples, uh, what type of flooring she wanted, what samples and colours. So I uh, spoke to V4 Flooring and I, who are very helpful, by the way, with me. They're, they're a brilliant company. I spoke with them and they um, sent me a load of samples. So I went back round after I'd measured up and I got a, a price per square metre. Um, I worked out, obviously, everything I needed, as in primers, that were compulsory for the subfloor uh, and so we got that ordered and I remember I think I started on the Tuesday because of the delivery I started on the Tuesday and I was finished by the Friday yeah um, that first job I've never been so nervous and attentive to a job in my whole life no I was yeah because obviously when I'd left and make that step this was it you know I think you do definitely get doubt in your head and things like that as well whether I am capable of, you know, doing this. Yeah. But after I'd done that first job, I just had a, I had a sense of achievement afterwards, and I knew that this was going to work for me. I, I, I just, she was so happy. I didn't charge her a lot of money. Um, this is, this is something that you know, charging money. I didn't feel like. I get this. There's a stigma a lot about how, if you're a certain age, you can't earn a certain money. I've heard this many times. Um. That's not the case. I've realised in again in ten weeks I've learned a lot. You know, when I when I first left, I was pricing jobs a lot lower than than what they were actually worth, yeah. just because I, I I thought I needed the work. But it, it's got to a point now where I have jobs jobs coming through emails. You know, every couple of days I get you know a new job or an inquiry or or something along them lines. So. I, I, something's obviously going right so it, it's not it, experience isn't something that I feel is essential I've got, this is what I try to um, really push to my customers it's it's more the passion and the desire to, to do the best job and the hunger to make this work that, yeah. that I think that that speaks volumes compared to experience so yeah so yeah that's what that's that, that yeah Cool. If um in well, even in the last two years, um, what is the biggest mistake you've done, and you're definitely not going to do it again? Um. <laughs> oh, I've I have made a couple of mistakes. Um, yeah. must be a few. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone has. Um, I've done I've done silly things like when when I first started um for this other company, I I forgot to prime the floor once. Um. That that ended up badly. The floor didn't stick. Um, Nightmare. That yeah, I was just I was so focused on getting the floor in. Um, yeah, I was just so eager on on getting the job started. Um, I just completely forgot to prime the floor. That again, that's a silly mistake. I've um, I've I've definitely I've caught a couple of pipes as well. Um, <laughs> you know, behind skirtings. You know. Um, firing nails, fitting skirting. I've I've hit pipes. Um, honestly, there as as like a nineteen year old when you're on your own on a job and you hit a pipe, there there is nothing. There is no worse feeling. 
you, no. you can just hear the water coming out. Um, you do, you do panic. That, yeah, I haven't. Apart from that, though, I haven't really made just too many. Like, yeah, just <laughs> to be honest, that is the usual. Like, it sounds bad saying that is the usual. You know, if you're sat at home and you know you're a customer, you think, oh, why is it usual to hit a pipe? But you don't know what's behind walls. I've, I've multi-tooled. Um, I've cut out a door frame before, and for some reason, the electrician ran uh, a mains power cable uh, <laughs> behind the door frame. Yeah, I've seen uh, that before. We've uh, we've I, hit a few why, of them. Why on earth an electrician think that'd be a good idea? I I have no idea. Um, uh, luckily, my friend was around the corner who was an electrician, so he came and fixed it straight away. But the customer had just done a three hundred pound food shop for the weekend, yep. and <laughs> unfortunately, I actually um, hit the cable at four o'clock when oh. I was just about to finish. Nightmare. Um, so that was an absolute nightmare, that one. That was probably one of the worst ones. Um, but my friend actually came and fixed that. And I, I'm still not sure if he knows about that one, actually. I, no. I didn't tell him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if he knows about that. Uh, I have made some other mistakes. Um, I think, to be honest with you, a big mistake I did make was the way I left my last company. Um you know, I, I always knew I wanted to start my own company. Um, I've always been very business-minded. I've not had a, a many hobbies in my life, you know. Um, obviously, I played football and things like that as a child. But as I got older, a lot of my friends always had a hobby. Um, yeah. And I never really found something that sort of actually interested me. You know, my friends play guitar. Um, uh, some of them still play football now. Some of them have girlfriends. And, you know, some everyone's got something they need to do. And... For me, I found out that sort of business and making money was my hobby. Um, yeah. That, for me, I've, I, I measure my my happiness off of off of making money. I know that's that. Well, it, yeah, that's just what makes me happy. Is the idea of that's my version of success is for me making money. It's something I've not really had a lot of my life. So, I think for me, make you know, I want to quite do quite well for myself, and I want to learn how to manage a company and and manage my money and sort of yeah I, I think a lot of that comes from paying bills at a young age and growing up quite quickly so taking that jump um r really is something I've always wanted to do but yeah unfortunately the way I left my last company um it was quite sudden I, yeah. I did have quite a change of heart so um yeah that that is definitely a mistake I made is the way I left the last company um I just feel like maybe I should have been a bit more uh, mature about it and 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 sort of given more of a heads up. So yeah, so yeah, that that's something I, I do regret as well in, in my career is um is yeah just the way I left. But these you know these things happen and and um, yeah. you know so yeah. If you had a crystal ball, where are you going to be in five years' time? Yeah, so this is something I've I've thought about quite a lot. Um, obviously, being 21 years old, I've started young, so I feel like that gives me a lot more time to slowly grow, which is definitely definitely a good thing. I think a lot of people try and rush growing their business. So I don't think it's something that needs to be rushed. But um, for my short-term plans, you know, I know you said five years, but in in my short-term plans. You know, I've, I've I've got my website being built. I have actually got an apprentice at the moment. His name's Henry. Um, yeah. 
Henry's done a few days for me so far. Um, he's, he's a, he seems like a nice lad. Obviously, it's quite hard to, to gauge how he's, his attitude is going to be over two days. But um, So Henry is currently my apprentice at the moment. So I'm looking to train Henry up and hopefully he's, he's well, he seems very eager. He messaged me and asked me if I had any work for him, which I, which I quite like the fact that he messaged me. Um, he asked me what tools he needed uh, and what, what he needs to wear. I, t I gave him a list of things to, to go and buy. Straight away the next day, he went and brought it all. So, it was, right. so fair play to him for that. So Henry's going to be coming in. Um, he's starting his first year in carpentry as well. So he's going to be learning his basic carpentry skills. But to be honest, by the time he's been working with me for a few weeks, I think he would have pretty much completed it. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so my website is currently being built. I think in order to have, in order, when you have a business, I feel it's necessary. You you need a website. It's it's almost Absolutely. mandatory, isn't it? You know, to, 100%. I think, so on that website, I'm, I I find that a lot of people with reviews, you know, people send you a review via email, and yeah. I, I don't really know what to do with that email because it. Okay, I could screenshot that and I could advertise, you know, that review. But I, I feel like if I had a website, I'd like to leave a review section. So if you, you know, to when you look for bespoke wood flooring online and you go on the website, obviously you'll have the gallery, the information, what 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 we actually do as a business, yeah. um, and and the reviews on there, which are which are public. So you know, it's not something I could edit. So if someone left me a bad review, I, you know. I, I feel like I, if I did a bad job and someone wanted to leave me a bad review, you know, you deserve that at the end of the day. Yeah. So I, I want to leave a review section where if, you know, someone is generally really happy with the job I've done, they can go onto my website and leave the review on there. So when people, um, you know, see my company and they want to dive into it and understand what they're potentially paying for, then they can read them online. I can tell you one better to do that. Uh, when you get your okay. new website up and running you yeah. then register it for google my business so then it'll appear in the local area yeah. then you send your customers the link to your google my business and they leave a review on there if you oh, okay. consistently do that for the next 10 years um well even a year or, or yeah. whatever um the websites we look after maintain etc google is um, giving them preferential treatment with SEO, search, um, and everything for the people that are bothering to be consistently putting photographs, reviews onto their business Google business page, um, yeah. and the the because we have telephone numbers linked to the websites as well. Yeah, complete correlation between people that are using that. It's a free service. You know, I'd love to be paid by Google, but I'm not. Uh, but you can see the difference of people that are getting reviews, good reviews, and it literally pumps new jobs to their site. So, yeah, yeah absolutely agree. Put some reviews on the website um, of with maybe yeah. some pictures of the jobs that you've done. But if you can get clients to go to that, it's possibly one of the best marketing tactics that is completely free that will get you hundreds of hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of work for free by just simply asking people to, to ask what they thought of your service yeah. and then pushing them to Google. So there's the uh, the tip of the week for yeah. you. That once you get that website up, I just okay. can't emphasize oh, yeah. uh, enough. Oh, well, 
I'll definitely be looking into that. So for me as well, you know, again, I've been doing this 10 weeks. You know, I'm, t- I'm 21 years old. I, I, I love when people message me and they, and they want to help and they and, and, and people give me advice. I'm always looking for advice. I'm still learning now. Um, I, be- I believe that, you know, a big part of, of owning your own business is learning every day. That's one of the main reasons why I decided to do it. Absolutely. Um, the basic fitting of hardwood flooring that is just a, that is just the very very start of of growing your own company that that's that's just the basics i didn't i'll be honest when i when i did it i think it i didn't think it would be this hard people really do um underestimate how hard making your own business really is and the and the, the time and the, and the hours you have to put in i think a big big part of how i'm i'm growing quite quickly i'd say is just the hours I put in. I get up at five thirty in the morning. I go to bed at you know eleven thirty, twelve at night, and I'm doing that every day at the moment. Some days I'll, I'll be twelve hours on the tools, pushing jobs on, just trying to speed the pace up of jobs. It's um, yeah, it it definitely is undersold about the amount of work you have to put in in and it just as well. It's a twenty four seven job. You know, you always have to reply to people. You always have to keep people up to date, all the materials, things go wrong, those screeds don't dry on time. You have to be flexible in your diary as well. And uh, that's something I've learned over the last you know, few weeks is that to be flexible is definitely the way. I, I, again, because my dad's quite militant, he, he, like, he's got the five Ps. I don't know if you've heard about them, but um, he basically drilled them into me about being organised and being prepared. Yeah. And, I think, to be honest with you, in this industry, I don't think you want to be too uptight with your diary. Um, how, how do you mean by that? How do you mean? Um, so, I, I, so for example, you you do get so you could have a delay with materials turning up, yeah. Or, or for example, the screed might not have dried in time, even though you thought it was going to. So, so pretty much, you know, if you was organised enough to order materials for another job. Um, earlier than you should have and you could then you know speak to that customer and ask them if they're happy for you to come a week early yeah and juggle your diary around um instead of instead of just being no we have to do this job this week we have to do this job the following week and yeah. you you have to be flexible you, you have to yeah definitely because there's a lot of unexpected there's a lot of problems you know if i'm waiting for the plasterer to be finished but you know, unfortunately, he, you know, he's he's not very well or something like that. That causes delays. So, yeah. so you do have to get over problems like that. But um, in terms of growing the business, going back to the the topic, I think it always there's there's the old saying of you know a product will always sell itself, and I like to think that the quality of work that I do and and the service that I provide it will always sell itself. I'm I'm not too worried about the whole um the growth of the business. I I do believe when, when you sell a good product it when when you offer a good product it will always sell itself. Um one thing I've always found my whole life growing up is how terrible customer service is. Yeah. Nowadays customer service is it's shambolic really. You, you you can't talk to one anymore. You have to press one, two, three, four to get through. <laughs> yeah. It's it's an absolute nightmare. Um come with companies like that, obviously that you need them. For example, airlines have the worst customer service in the world, but 
how else are you going to get to another country? But when when it comes to providing a service in someone's home of hardwood flooring, it, it's it's not a consumable that you use every day. So you do have to provide the best service. Yeah. Um, I like to look at every job as if it was my house. How would I would like to, you know, if 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 it was your house, you would do the best possible job you could. You'd leave it as tidy as you could every night. You'd make sure they're happy. You're transparent with them. So I think at the end of the day, to, to grow the business, there's things along the way like websites and, you know, getting the staff and learning. But it all comes down to the, to the main fundamental of, can, of selling a good product. And I think that is how my business will grow is, is just the customer service behind it, making sure everyone is happy throughout the whole process. And um, just, yeah, just just being transparent with customers, you know, if you as well, if you're not happy, with, if you're not happy with something and you're not sure or you're not confident anymore or something like that, in, instead of, you know, trying to carry on with the job and making it worse and worse and worse, just tell the customer, just be honest. I think the best way to be with customers is, is to always be honest. You, you can't Absolutely. ever, you can't ever have a go at someone if they're honest with you. So I think talk, yeah, with customers, you should, always just be honest with them be you know be kind and and provide that good service like like you would expect if if it was the other way around so that that's really i think how the business is going to grow is just is maintaining that that sort of ethos of just clean tidy polite and just overall just transparent i think that's the best way and not overcharging people as well you know i, I know a lot of people that are very expensive and and things like that but with my pricing when i price a job i i've never ever dropped um money on a job yeah. uh, i i know what i'm given is a fair price um for me and for them um when people you know say oh you know you're 21 years old how can you be earning you know this much money on this and that it, it, at the end of the day it doesn't matter how how long it takes me or how much I'm earning. I've the price I've given I know is fair. You was happy to accept it. So I, I that's one thing I, I don't like is when people try and sort of take advantage and capitalise off the fact that I'm a bit younger. Yeah. Um luckily my girlfriend is a corporate lawyer. Um <laughs> so when it comes to handy. the legal terms, she she is very, very handy. So yeah, I, I, yeah. Unfortunately with customers a lot of you do have to have everything down in writing. Um, I have been stung before um, with extras on a job. Um, right. I didn't, I just trusted um, the woman. I just did pretty much did the extras. And then um, she said she didn't want to pay me for it. And I didn't have a leg, leg to stand on in the end. So she, she actually knocked me for a load of money. So that's something I learned as well. So where have you learned the skills for pricing the job? So as if, if, if the, your last job sort of taught you how to sort of do the expert fitting. How have you figured out what is a reasonable price? Because the reason why I'm asking this, I see it all the time. Um, people think I'm right, wrong. Sometimes some people think I'm right. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of Facebook groups and WhatsApp groups that say, oh, you should charge this, you should charge that. Yeah, but I've, no one I've knows what that. the operating costs of the business is that you're talking about. So if one yeah. person's charging £20 a metre, one person's charging £500 a day, uh, surely it's got to be to do with the overheads and the actual burn rate and operating costs of the whole business yeah. rather than I've, what a Facebook group says. So how have you figured that out so far? 
So obviously, a, a man in a van is is always going to be cheaper than um, you know, quite a big sort of flooring company who have a lot of overheads. Um, Does it me, have to be, in your opinion? No, it doesn't have to be, but that is a good. That is a really good question. Um, what? What? Yeah. So, me, what? What would make any different to a big shop, well-established, charging X, to you being established? 10, 10 weeks, what would differ with the job or experience to, to justify it charging more? There, there isn't, is there, really? No. If, you think, if you really think about it, there is no difference. Why? Nope. Why? <laughs> Apart from the fact that, unfortunately, if they have more overhead, so that then becomes their problem because at the end of the day, the customer's still getting the same job, whether yeah. that's by one man in his van or three guys in in, you know, a brand new sort of, a uh, business sort of you know business van where where it's a bit more established there there is no difference at nope. the end of the day the goal is to get the floor done to a high standard if both parties can do that then there is no difference why there should be a different in cost exactly. so so yeah you are right yeah you definitely are right there um for me learning to price was i was yeah like i said when i when i had no work for the first week I thought, you know, I just have to do a really cheap job for someone. I'm just gonna have to, you know, have to earn some sort of money and just to, just to get it going. So I did, I did, you know, I, I called up a lot of people. I've had a lot of help since leaving on my own, a, a lot of help. I've had, you know, I've got a good, a good bunch of lads around me that I can always call at any time. Um, uh, yeah, like from all different sort of flooring companies, um, to general fitters, to um suppliers i've got a lot of people i can call up and sort of ask to but i think market research is definitely something sort of work, like asking a lot of people roughly what they charge working yeah. out the sort of feel for it but you know it's it's one of them things only you can decide what you want to charge and what you want to earn um yeah. for me i just I, I try and go for a medium which i know is going to be competitive um i don't lowball myself i believe that the standard of work I, I produce is is definitely up there. In hundred percent, is definitely up there. I've seen other people's work, um, and I, I I know that I I go to other jobs and I see the way you know I could walk out and go out for dinner for the evening, and I'll look at the way someone set something out, and in my head, I just know I could have done a better job. I'll, and my missus will get annoyed because <laughs> we'll, we'll be having dinner. I'll be looking at her and my floor going, "Cool, that crown line looks looks out out of parallel," and just and she'll be like. <laughs> let's just have dinner and you just sort of yeah you can't get away from it you do you definitely do notice things so i i price what i believe is fair for yeah. for me and the customer um and i've I, at the moment i've got this sort of attitude where if you're not happy with the price that's fine that because that's what i want and if you're not happy then you know good luck with you and i hope you go somewhere else that you know matches your um matches what you're looking for but unfortunately if that if you don't like the price I've given you you know unfortunately I won't be doing the job and yeah. a lot of people I spoke to have this problem where they feel like if a job you know a job sometimes a job will come up to like 15,000 pounds and you know you do look at it and think oh that is how am I going to get that price down how are they going to pay 15,000 pounds for this job but if you've worked it out and you believe that you're a fair price and, and you, you know, you, you're not charging too much on top of the trade price for your materials and, and, you know, you, you think you're being fair, 
then you just got to send your price and be confident. And and yeah. that's yeah. what a lot of people are struggling with. You know, obviously the materials have gone up an extortionate amount of money. So when you're sending quotes nowadays, the, you know, obviously because of inflation and um, import and export problems, you know, it the price does look steep. But yeah. that is the world we live in. And I just because the price looks big, I you know, I still have to make my part of, of what I want to earn. And unfortunately, that is the way it is. So you've got to be confident with pricing. Um, and the answer to your question is, yeah, there's no reason why why um, one man in one van can't charge the same price as, as a, a massive flooring company. Uh, yeah. And that well, was a really good question that you asked, actually. Well, it's it's one of our, our bugbears um, here at Cochrane Co. where people will think of a price and think, well, that sounds fair. And they're like, where have you got that price from? Well, it's what I've always charged or what or what we think we should charge. And the game changer, the absolute complete game changer to many different businesses we worked for is you figure out what you need to operate on a day-to-day basis, which is completely different for everyone in the country. So no one's really got the same exact overheads. We'll have similar, but you know, as you said, shops yeah. have got big overheads, you've got different overheads. And then uh-huh. you need to figure out what you would like to earn this year going forward and what savings that you would like and what holiday you would like, you know, giving it reasonable, nothing yeah. like amazing, then work backwards from there. So then you can actually come to a number that you must clear, let's let's say hypothetically, uh, £300 um, per day, just a hypothetical yeah. number. And then if you charge that every day you're at work for you, apprentice or whatever it is, buy if like witchcraft, you know, um, and that, that yeah. evens out over the year, you will earn the amount of money that you plan to earn. So when you're pricing well, a job, you can do that, that that calculation that you need to times the materials by this percentage, this labor yeah. rate is that. And then you automatically get your job rate, which you then have also pointed out, that you stick to that price because that's the price you worked out that if you want to do this amount of work for that amount of money by the end of the year, that's what you'll earn. And it's like, which, (laughs) but people still will go back to, well, I charge £20 a metre. Yeah, but that, there's no control over that. You don't know how many meters you're going to fit. And yes, you might yeah. still make a decent income, but you can actually plan your income over a year and then hit your targets. So that's why I always yeah. ask that question to to contractors, retailers, shop owners, because they'll they'll say, "Well, we just charge three hundred quid." Well, where have you where, where have you chosen that where number from? That and from? most yeah. of the time, they haven't worked it out. Um, they've no. they just even like when they get to January, they're like, oh, well, we charge 300, so we'll go to 330 next year. Right, well, where have you got that number from? Well, we just go up a bit. A, a bit is not a, a calculation oh, yeah. that is going to get you to what you need to achieve. So, yeah. But, yeah, I I've can heard. go on that subject um, all yeah. day. But what we'll do is go into the final round on the podcast, and it's the, the fun round, which is the quick yeah. fire. Some yeah, people love okay. it, some oh. people hate it, but we'll – one word answers yeah. uh, or, or, or a sentence. All right. Uh, and I'm going to change it around a bit. Uh, five okay. guys or dominoes? I'll go dominoes. Oh, they're both so expensive. Do you know what? I know it's quick fire, but I just want to say five guys is the most expensive burger. 
Like, I can't believe how expensive it is. It's, it's like £25 for a burger, chips and a milkshake. For I just can't believe it. So I'm going to say Domino's for that. <laughs> uh, sunbathing or skiing? Sunbathing. Oh, 100%. Beer or wine? Oh. Do you know what? I'm going to say wine. I, I, yeah, I, like I prefer it. wine. Yeah, I prefer wine. Really? I do like a beer, but I do love a bottle of wine. And if you bought your dream house tomorrow, what flooring would be going down? See, so, so I was saying this earlier, funnily enough. So I'm on a job right now. Um, I'm actually working for the uh, most followed architect on Instagram at the moment. Wow. Um, he's got 1.3 million followers. Um, lovely guy. Um, yeah. So he he asked me this question yesterday, funnily enough. And um, I so at the moment I'm fitting this tannery brown herringbone block. From uh, the V4 wood flooring, yeah. Um, I do like the darker floors, but I was on a job in Knightsbridge once, and I saw this. Um, I do like so pretty much. It was a primed, um, herringbone block, but they, what they a uh, natural oak primed herringbone block. But what they've done is they've taken some rustic and they placed them really nicely in the floor, so you get some some sort of knots within the floor, yeah. And then you'd have a wedge border. Um, and then you'd have another herringbone one block border. So you'd have a wen strip, then a one block border, and then another wen strip, and then another border. Yeah. And it just it looks incredible. That is, yeah, that's what I'd have with with um a matte finish. I I, I don't really like the sheens on the floors. I I prefer matte finishes if I'll be honest. But nice. yeah, that 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 herringbone, all hundred percent. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Chevron, if I'll be honest with you. It does something to my eyes. I don't know if you agree with that. or <laughs> it, it's, it, it, it's a difficult sell. You, you you need a big area to be able to sell it. I think it does look right in the right environment. Uh, yeah. I probably would have it, but probably not on the full ground floor. I'd probably have it in a dining room or a That's exactly room what or I was going to say. A di- like a, almost like a, a room that's a sort of very elongated, if that makes sense, where you can just have that one long line instead of like a square room i think it would look better in a more of a rectangular room yeah um but i i've personally never been a fan of um chevron really but i mean it's preference at the end of the day if i if i did have the money as well like Versailles panels so you know they're incredible but uh you know that's 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 in that's a dream at the moment so we'll work towards that one with, with that with that in mind if you won 10 million tonight on the lottery what would be the first thing you spent it on? The first, dude, I'd go straight on holiday. I know everyone else would be, every, mm. I don't know what everyone else, I think everyone else would say the same. But for me, if I won £10 million, I'd, I'd mm. probably say, to, I'd probably, the first thing I'd do is probably, I'd, I'd be I'd be so amazed that I'd won £10 million. I'd be, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be calling all my friends. Yeah, I'd be going mental. I, I, I don't know what I'd be doing, but I'd take, I'd take my girlfriend, um, probably to the caribbean straight away you know yeah. girl, my, i want to give big shouts my girlfriend as well she's probably been the most supportive person um since started up my business you know she's she's you know second in line as the owner she literally she helps yeah. me out so much so yeah, i just want to say thank you to her but yeah i, I think we'd go yeah. to like barbados or, or or antigua or something like that and um i think i'll just relax and <laughs> Well, well, I've got work booked in, so I'd probably be going to work still, to be honest with you. But <laughs> I'd, I'd be booking, looking at my diary, trying to take some time off and, you know, yeah, eat some nice fruit and drink my coconut on the nice beach, I think. 
And while you um, sat on that beach, uh, what dream car would you be ordering? Jaguar E-Type. Oh, I love it. Brilliant. 100%. I was literally, that's, that's what I was going to say when I got back, I'd buy that car straight away. That's, I, since I was a little boy, I've seen that car. And uh, I think they range anywhere between, you could probably pick like um, one in not very good condition for about 50,000. And then they can go anywhere up to about 500,000 at the moment. Um, and now they're starting to make these uh, new uh, recreation electric ones as well now, which is quite yeah. interesting. So it's, uh, I, 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 like, I like the uh, muscle in the old ones. I like I like the sound and, and the smell. V12. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, that I one day I'll get that car. I'll, if I if I die and I've never had that car, I'll be I'll be very upset. That's that's been my goal my whole life is to get that car. Um, yeah, that's, that's that is nice. definitely something I want in my life. You know. I, and I know I'm a floor layer, and uh, you know I have I'll need a van and stuff. But if I ever get to a point where I'm retired and I've and I've done well out of this business, that is the one thing. You know I'm not a materialistic person. Or you know I don't wear like expensive clothes. I'm always in my work clothes. But that is the one thing that I'm gonna that I'm gonna aim towards. It's coming. Yeah, hundred percent. Class, right? Right, Ben. Well, that brings us to the. Uh end of the podcast where is the best place for people to follow you find you um communicate with you if you could let us know what is the best way of doing that yeah so at the moment my website is um still currently being built obviously i haven't been established for too long so the best place to probably contact me would be um through instagram at the moment so my account is spoke underscore wood underscore flooring um through there you can get in contact with me with um whatsapp business you can have my phone number you can have my email yeah. um i mean obviously i've got my email address which is bespoke with floors at gmail.com um yeah to be honest with you yeah. most people just call me up and then i you know we, we book it in the diary for a site visit and then we go from there really um I, with with marketing i don't know like you said obviously with the google would you recommend any other ways of um for, so for to get in contact the top ones we use uh which the at number one is your existing client base so by um some tips and hacks that we use uh birthday cards for existing clients not for them but for their flaws so when their flaws become one year old send them oh. a birthday card uh, with a voucher in to buy cleaning products direct from your website. Um, and Brilliant. then that will remind them who Ben is or whoever that is. Um, so using your um, client base or using email um, email marketing, which is free, just to update people how you're getting on, what's going on, what's the job of the month, nothing too salesy, something yeah. personalized from you. So at number one is um, client um that you've already got and number two is your website um and seo and investing in seo which is a slow process but again it will set you up for the future where your phone will continually ring without putting any advertising spending at all and then lastly number three would be google adwords because you can target who you want when you want and why you want want as well and where you want yes you can target herringbone flooring you know Southampton in a certain postcode at a certain time of the day, if that's how far you want to go. Um, And you can also 
sort of uh, segregate things that you do not want. So if you do not want laminate, if you do not want LVT or no, carpets, see. you can also be very selective. So, yeah, that that so, would be yeah, my that, top top three. Um, and so that's first... a, that's another that's another thing. Um, I just wanted to say as well. Um, for for bespoke wood flooring, I have no interest in fitting laminate or luxury vinyl tile. Um, people say to me, you should you know be open for everything. I I I don't me personally I don't I don't want to fit it I want I just want to fit all types of hardwood um that's because that's what I love doing I find that when I'm fitting like luxury vinyl tile or laminate to be honest with you I don't I don't have that sort of that feeling inside where I sort of want to do the job yeah. um so really for me I just I just love working with like hardwoods and that is something that 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 I will only really do I people say to me you know obviously starting out your business you should be more more considerate no. and take what you're given but then if no. you only aim for for what you want then you're that's all you'll ever get um and that and that's all I want to do is just work with hardwood so yeah. I don't advertise the fact that I do any sort of laminate or luxury vinyl tile obviously if I was on a on a job um fitting a herringbone floor and then I was asked if I could you know do do you know a, a gym outside or something like that in you know, like an, a luxury vinyl tile, then I, I would do it, obviously, as I'm already on the job. But, you know, I, I don't advertise what I don't want to do, really. Yeah. And a lot of people do. And I think, I think you know, why why would you want to do something that you, you don't want to do? Because everyone I spoke to in, in the flooring game, they they don't enjoy doing it. And so I just think I'd, I'm not going to do it. No, exactly. Find find your niche, and then people will pay more for your niche. Yeah. So if they're the guys that are doing the LVTs and um, carpets and things like that, that they're real specialists in their field, and then yeah, us, us, us wood guys uh, stick with what you know. I've dabbled in LVT, I've dabbled in doors, I've dabbled in laminates, and you know, a hundred percent agree. Do what you. I've never been excited once about a laminate floor. I've never been excited nah. about uh, an LVT floor, but we fit thousands and thousands of meters of flooring. And I don't think there's probably any that we've not been proud of. Um, and, you know, so I think you, you sum the, the way you feel when you fit a wooden floor very well earlier in the podcast. But, yeah, I've, I've never got excited about anything that that is probably imitation wood, uh, if I'm honest. No, but I, 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 just, I just don't get that sort of, I don't know what it is about working with wood. I just love the smell. I love the texture of it. I just love everything about it. Um yeah, and when it comes to sort of like the the cheaper sort of well the faker, it's it's pretty much yeah. like fake fake wood, isn't it? Really, I just exactly. don't like working with it. But um, yeah, I I might as well change my name to Heronbone Wood Floors. Um, <laughs> literally the last seven or eight jobs, I think I've just all I've done is Heronbone. Um, uh, it's funny because at the last company I used to work for, I used to say, oh, I could happily do Heronbone forever. Um. Yeah. I'm slowly realizing that that's that's not the case. Um, it's it, you know fitting a heronbone floor, as you probably know, is is, a, is what I would say harder work than um, fitting planks. Yeah. Um, the, the constant getting up, getting down all day long to do you know each individual block. Um, yeah, for the last like seven weeks, I've every job I've done is pretty much been a heronbone job. But you know, so, I do enjoy it, but. Oh, it's, it is harsh on the body getting up and down especially as I'm on my own at the moment so getting the tools in and out you know taking deliveries and everything like that and then obviously fitting hundreds and hundreds of square meters of heron bone blocks it's um 
yeah, I could I, I, I could definitely do with um, a plank job coming up. So, <laughs> which I think I have in two weeks. Um, I've never been so excited to fit um, days down. a plank board. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm counting days down. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ben. Yeah, no, really you, Tom, good to get uh, really good to get a, a younger. Um, you know, we've had lots of experienced people. It's good to get new blood into the industry um yeah uh, i think i think a lot of people will find it, find it very inspiring so thank you so much yeah no thank you for having me on yeah. i just wanted to say as well if, if anyone's thinking about taking that step then i would i would recommend to just go for it and before you know it you you'll you'll be wondering why you didn't do it sooner and the reason i started doing it so young is because i just noticed everyone was saying i wish i did it younger i wish i did it younger <laughs> so I am doing it younger and I think that's I think you know if you're thinking about it just do it and what's the worst that could happen you know if you if it does if you if you find it too stressful or it's not for you you can always go back to to where you were so just you know take that risk and go for it brilliant class love it thank you cheers thank you so much for listening to the Woodfork podcast I've been your host, Tom. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is cockerellandco, and also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.